0: Well, G'day everyone, welcome to the journey this first weekend of a new year, New Year's Day. Welcome to 2023 as we start with a sense of joy and expectation and even prayerfulness, this wonderful new year full of new opportunities, opportunities to be still as well and just to listen and say, righto, what's next? What's next, God? What have you got in store for me? It's great having these times of year where we just pause, We're well, hot on the heels of the, of the Christmas season. And we're still in what we'd call Christmas Tide, this Christmas season of readings and reflections that are connected with the the birth, the wondrous birth of Jesus. Today you're going to be hearing from uh, Father Mike Delaney, he has got a piece that he's called Assumptions or Expectations. A good conversation he had uh, with a church worker from another Christian denomination, and just sharing some of the hassles that come their way and, and how they deal with them. Trish McCarthy, Milk and Honey, she's going to talk about flowers and weeds and ...and what we like to to cultivate in our gardens. Great to hear from Darren McDowell. Big year for Darren. He he used to work right here in our office, in the Office of Renewal and Evangelisation. He is well and truly underway now on his journey to completing studies and formation as a priest. Prayers for you, mate, as you kick off into a new year. And Great to hear from Darren as he breaks open the key scriptures from this week, the wedding at Cana. Mother Hilda Scott's with us as she is each and every week. She's got a piece called The Armchair... And in your imagination, prayerfully be sitting with Jesus. It's uh, it's really powerful. And we've got a gospel reflection from uh, Larry Broding, who's going to talk to us about how Mary treasured these words and the, the occurrences, particularly in these early years of Jesus, in her heart. We don't know too many things from the early years of Jesus' life. And we're going to hear about uh, the, the wondrous encounter that the shepherds had too. This is Luke 2, 16 to 21. That's the gospel reading sit down for this Sunday. And lots and lots to get through, including some, some great music. We're going to hear this Gospel Reflection. And then we'll also have some music from, from Ann Wilson. Some called The Manger. Speaking of which, I, I um, re-watched the other night some of the stuff from the guys at The Chosen who've put together some great Christmas specials as well. What's the one called The Messengers? Really, really cool loving the whole Chosen series and they're they're into season three. If you haven't watched it yet, you'll binge watch it for sure. It's it's an app you can get for your phone, you can get it for just about any smart TV, you can watch it on YouTube. Just incredible. And you can pay it forward too so that people right around the world can experience in a really creative, really really fertile way the message of the gospel. And uh, I think it's almost up to half a billion people who've watched it. What an incredible thing that is. I know, in our diocese this year, we're going to be using it as a bit of a Bible study tool as well, and a a great conduit to to breaking open the the scriptures. I'd encourage you to watch some of the stuff that they've made over the last few years that relate to this Christmas season. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get into the Gospel Reflection from Larry Broding. We're going to hear Max Norton proclaiming the Gospel. Lots of other stuff to get through on the show this week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Happy New Year!
1: And thanks for joining us on the journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The shepherds hurried away to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw the child, they repeated what they had been told about him, and everyone who heard it was astonished at what the shepherds had to say. As for Mary... She treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was exactly as they had been told. When the eighth day came and the child was to be circumcised, they gave him the name Jesus, the name the angel had given him before his conception. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's Gospel Reflection is by Larry Broding from WordsSunday.com, a reflection he's called Mary Treasured These Words in Her Heart. The new year is upon us, a time to cherish last year's events and a time to look forward to new challenges. We take the time to take stock and plan. In these verses from Luke, the mother of Jesus took the time to reflect on the events of her son's birth. In doing so, she cherished the memories mothers have of their first experience of childbirth, and she cherished the message that her son would be the Messiah and Lord of all. These verses from Luke complete the arc of three angelic visitations in his infancy narratives. Gabriel's message to Zechariah, his message to Mary, and the angel's message to the shepherds. In each case, the message results in a reaction. In Luke 2, verses 9 to 12, an angel appeared to announce the birth of the Messiah. The appearance was like that of an official who announced a royal decree to the people. In ancient and medieval times, anyone ascending the throne required the ascent of the armed forces. In Luke 2, 13 and 14, the heavenly host sang praise to God as a sign of ascent. The shepherds reacted in two ways, rushing to confirm the sight of the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and a passing of the good news. The result would be a holy fear, an awe of God's presence and activity. Luke had an interest in the low and the outcast. The audience for the message would be the lowly. Confirmation of the message would be a common, even overlooked sight the audience for the message were the least in society, the shepherds. Despite their scriptural and pastoral image, shepherds were held in disdain, for most were hired to watch the flocks of the rich. Without personal financial investment, these hired hands had the reputation as cowards in the face of trouble, and many were hired because they lacked any other employable skills. And how would the message be confirmed? The shepherds would see a young family with a newborn. These messages were antithetical to common expectations. Many Jews anticipated the Messiah to be born amid luxury. Many expected the news of the Messiah would be confirmed by the leadership in Jerusalem, that is, the Sanhedrin or the temple priests, and spread from the leaders to the people. Luke painted a much different picture. Compare the birth of Moses in Exodus to the birth of Jesus for similarities and differences. The shepherds spread the good news to the households. All responded in awe, but one. Mary reacted in a way expected for a Semite woman. Silence. But she treasured up these words, pondering them together in her heart. Even in her silence, Mary believed the message of the angel. She bore the Messiah and Lord into the world. She would add the words of the shepherds to the memories in her heart. The gospel ended with a transitional verse about the circumcision of Jesus. His circumcision would lead to the next scene in the infancy narrative, the presentation in the temple. How do we react to good news? Do we glorify God? How do we reflect on His goodness in our heart? As we reflect on this New Year's Day, let us consider Mary's place in our hearts and on our faith journey. She is our model for living the Christian life. As you plan your New Year's resolutions, ask Mary for prayers in your efforts.
2: You're listening to The Journey. Music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
3: How you showed up down here in a humble bed
4: I feel too far out of reach, but the manger reminds me, love, reach down. From the highest of the high to the lowest of the low, that stable tells a story of the distance you will go. For the lonely and the lost, there's no sinner too far gone to find a slave.
3: By a rugged cross made from nails and wood And the tears fill up my eyes You didn't have to give your life But then the story wouldn't be as good
2: listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
5: Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. It's marvellous what one comes across, and since I'm constantly on the lookout for things that I think you might like to hear, this very pointed story caught my attention. It happened that a minister was called to visit an old dying man. He went in and sat in the armchair, but the man stopped him. No, don't sit there. So the minister, somewhat perplexed, since the chair was empty, pulled up a stool. The old man revived and said, Let me tell you the story of that armchair. Fifty years ago, when I was a young lad, the old minister who was here said to me, Do you say your prayers? No, I said, I've no one to pray to. If I shout at the top of my voice, the man on the floor above me won't hear me, so why should God in heaven? The old minister said mildly, Oh well, don't try to pray then. Just sit quietly in the morning with another chair before you and imagine that Jesus is sitting there as he did in Galilee. What would you tell him? To be honest, I'd tell him I didn't believe in him. Hmm, well that shows what's really in your mind. Look, why not go further and challenge him? If he does exist, tell him to give you proof. Tell him you don't like the way he's running the world. You won't be the first to complain. If you want something, ask for it. If you receive it, give thanks. All these exchanges are in the realm of prayer. Don't recite holy phrases. Just say what is truly in your heart. The old man continued, I didn't believe in Christ, but I like the minister, so to please him... I sat in front of that chair and pretended Christ was in it. For a few days it seemed like a game. Then I knew he was with me. I spoke to a real Jesus about real things. I sought guidance and received it. Prayer became dialogue. Young man, 50 years have passed and still I speak to Jesus in that armchair. The minister was there when the man died stretching out his hand with his last gesture to his unseen friend in the armchair. Have you ever done this or something like it? I have. And I can tell you it truly brings the presence of Jesus so close to the heart. Next time you get into the car and the seat beside you is empty, invite Jesus to sit there. If you're working in your kitchen on your own, pull up a seat for him. Even if you don't say anything at all, it won't matter. Prayer will be happening just the same. It's just so easy. And what a joy for Jesus. We can afford to give him that. Thanks very
0: much to Mother Hilda Scott there. You're asking us to use our imagination in in sitting with Jesus, having real conversations with Jesus, just as you you would if he was sitting right next to you. And he is bit of music now, Matthew West, the day after Christmas, after the break, some more music from Third Day, love those guys, and we're going to be hearing from Darren McDowell. It's something he prepared for the Incarnate series, we've still got a week of those daily scripture reflections through the Christmas season to go. He's going to be breaking open some of his thoughts for us on the wedding at Cana, which is one of the readings in in the coming week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, thanks for joining us on the journey.
6: Christmas is over Here comes the meltdown And there goes the cheer But before we have a breakdown Let us remember The light of the world is still here Happy day after Christmas And merry the rest of the year over. The light of the world is still here. The light of the world. Come January, I'm ready for summer. The Super Bowl's over and I'll settle for spring. Well, Sometimes we all need a change in sweaters. Take down the lights and the star in the tree. But don't let this world take your joy after Christmas. Take joy to the world and just sing. Happy day after Christmas. may.
2: on the journey, faith, hope, and love for life in all its fullness.
4: Baby, Jesus, born in a stable, a humble Savior's birth. You lift your throne in heaven to live here on the earth Baby, Jesus lying in a manger crying for
1: Now, another reflection from our Advent and Christmas series, this time, Darren McDowell reflecting on John's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 to 11, for the 7th of January.
7: In this coming Saturday Gospel reading from John 2, 1 to 11, the wedding at Cana, Jesus asks the servants to fill six stone water jars with water and take a sample to the chief steward. What would I have done? Can you imagine being one of the servants in this gospel reading? All they see is a man they do not know. He is not their boss. Yet, they've been told to do what he says. What Jesus asks them seems ridiculous. They have run out of wine, not water for cleansing and ablutions. What is going to happen with all this water? Why bother? I suspect we can all get this way at times when thinking about what God is asking of us. We can get caught up in second-guessing his requests, worrying about what will happen, or not taking enough care because we forget who is asking, or that the request seems too simple. Alternatively, we can get caught up in only looking at what God might be asking in the big things, like vocation or career choice and ignoring the small and simple invitations to follow his will. The servants, however, as good servants, simply do what the master has asked, fill the jars with water. They are obedient to him in this small, simple task, which in the end proves to be highly significant. This obedience stems from their humility and recognizing the authority of the one who has made this request. In my life too, how do I approach Jesus and what he asks of me? Am I humble and obedient, ready to do whatever he asks, whether big or small, simple or difficult? Am I able to get out of the way and enter into the task with love and care, knowing that Jesus loves me and will accompany me in all that he invites me to undertake? And so let us pray for the gift of humility and loving acceptance of his requests of us each and every day.
0: Thanks so much there to Darren McDowell. It's the piece he prepared for the Incarnate Advent Series booklets being used by tens of thousands of people right through the Christmas season, which doesn't finish until the 9th. The 9th of January is when we, uh, we finish the, the Christmas season officially, in, certainly in the Catholic Church and lots of the, the sacramental churches. A little bit later for, for some of our brothers and sisters in the in the, Orthodox, in the Orthodox faith. Darren asked the question coming out of that reading, The Wedding at Cana. How do we respond when God asks something of us? After the break, Trish McCarthy is going to talk about flowers or weeds, what we cultivate in our garden. First up, though, is Keith and Kristen Getty and the song Rejoice, because that's the season we're in, a season of rejoicing. Faith, hope, love and life. It's the Christmas season and it's a new year. Happy New Year and thanks for joining us on the journey.
8: Your voice, His gentleness among us will join our hearts with praise. worship the lord to remember all of the joy yet to come the hope that burns within us the dark cannot destroy with praise that's never ending we say I.
2: Faith, hope, love, and life. This is The Journey.
9: And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. Your mind is a garden. Thoughts are the seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. Our thoughts are powerful things, one of the greatest and mysterious gifts that we have been given. Yes, they have the potential to affect the altitude of our attitude and our actions. What kind of garden are you growing? I've heard that we spend one-fifth of our lives talking and have approximately 30 conversations per day. We also talk to ourselves. Have you ever stopped and really listened to your thoughts? Here's an activity. Take five minutes, 30 minutes, half a day, jotting down all the thoughts that fly through that space between your ears. And once done, examine them closely. Are they positive, negative, or neutral? What do they focus on most? What are the key themes, if you like? Is it your emotions, your actions tasks, family or work? Are they focused on judgments or affirmations of yourself and others? With God's help, it is possible to clean up our thoughts. And when we do, it has significant impact not only on ourselves, but all those whom we encounter. Just like a small child who has sticky hands and leaves a residue on everything they touch, so too negative thoughts on our lives, experiences and relationships. We're created for much more than this try taking three questions or statements that you've jotted down and changing them into a better question or frame of thought. For example, I wish I didn't have to go to work today. Into, How can I be present at work and enjoy the moment? Or, Why does this always happen to me? Into, What is God or life trying to say to me through this experience? What can I be open to learning? If you ask yourself a question, your brain instinctively comes up with an answer. Ask a better question, get a better answer. Have some fun today with your thoughts. What kind of garden are you growing?
0: Thank you to Trish McCarthy there. Who asked the question for us, what kind of garden are you growing? In particular, ask us about cleaning up our thoughts. Just like we clean up the garden, get rid of the weeds and make sure there's plenty of flowers. Thoughts can be like weeds, can't they? Just taking over everything. What kind of garden are you growing? That's a a great God spot for us there, Trish McCarthy, this week. Coming up, we've got some uh, more music. Brian and Katie Tawalt and the song My Hallelujah. After the break, Father Mike Delaney is going to round out the show for us. He's from down in Tassie, down there in Hobart. He's got a piece that is called Assumptions or Expectations. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and we've hit a new year. Let's pray it's a good one. And thanks for joining us on the journey.
10: No darkness can take my
8: hallelujah. Your
10: cross has made the way for my hallelujah,
8: my
9: hallelujah. Hi, this is Mandy from Diamond Creek, Victoria, and you're listening to the journey.
2: on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness.
1: And now, seeing God in life's everyday events, here's Father Mike Delaney.
11: I mentioned in my last God spot, as I shared some of the experiences of my 2022 East Coast wine trip, that I'd finally, or at least rather belatedly, recognised that I don't always acknowledge what my expectations might be and that I can wander through life without making time to stop and reflect. Our plan on the wine tour had been to visit six vineyards, three on each of the two days, and to enjoy a meal at one of the local eating places. What we found was that two of the vineyards were closed, one for a private function, another for maintenance, and the eating place was booked out. Because I had assumed that these places would be opened and available, I hadn't bothered to phone ahead I could have saved myself some anguish if I'd simply made those few phone calls. Some new things did work and that was perhaps because they hadn't really been planned. But whatever happened, I came away feeling very happy about the whole trip and how it worked out. But as I reflect on the trip now, I'm wondering if I normally make assumptions about things rather than actually develop expectations for what we're planning or doing. I was recently chatting with a church worker from another denomination and sharing some of the hassles I have when things don't seem to work out. And she asked, what did I expect or hope might happen? So I responded, I heard myself using language that spoke about my assumptions, that people would grasp how I was trying to change attitudes because I speak about my vision often enough. But I was challenged again when she repeated her question. What did I expect or hope might happen? And that's when I started to understand a little more clearly what I had said in the previous Godspot and what I started this spot with. I don't always acknowledge what my expectations might be and I can wander through life without making time to stop and reflect. I've just printed a sign which now sits above my desk saying, Expectations, not assumptions. To remind myself that assuming things will happen because they did in the past or in a previous event does not guarantee that they will happen this time. As difficult as it might be for you to believe, people cannot read my mind and they have no idea frequently what I'm thinking or planning. So getting frustrated because I've assumed something that will happen is my mistake. The next stage in my learning curve is to start building expectations into my conversations with people and to recognise that their expectations of me are just as real and they're not assumptions that I'll deliver. When I headed off to the East Coast on this wine tour, I went off to have a good time with good wines, good friends and good food. I didn't expect that I would also learn a good life lesson. I know but I don't always recognize that it's in the simple everyday things where God speaks to us and that none of us are ever too old to learn something new.
6: And yeah And makes the nations...
0: those casting crowns joy to the world for that we heard from father mike delaney thanks to him who just drew our attention to uh, noticing the difference between expectations and assumptions and how much better to have expectations than assumptions assumptions can be letting you in for a for a big letdown whereas expectations uh, it's a different way of framing things and indeed a good life lesson there from father mike delaney all right that's the show for this week the first one of a new year we will be doing it all again next week thank you to all of our contributors right throughout the show to Trish McCarthy and to Darren McDowell great to hear from Mother Hills Scott as well and I hope whatever you're doing throughout today the next few days you've got plenty of time just to consider what God might be asking of you in a new year it's got something unique something purposefully earmarked for you to embrace as part of the kingdom of God All right, faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Happy New Year. And thanks for joining us this week on The Journey.
1: The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norton from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.